testicles what's up everybody welcome back to the okc82 podcast officially for the 2020-21 nba season because the thunder just played and won their first preseason game of the year it's here i can't believe it it seems like yesterday we were talking about lou dort shutting james harden down but now we turn the page to a new season of players to love or to hate or to criticize or to be uh, make make fun of. I mean, we're not going to do that. We would never. That is Christine Butterfield. I am someone that's not important. I am Brady Trantham or something. Mm. But yes, the Thunder defeat the San Antonio Spurs as I try to look for the score real quick. 121 to 108. The Thunder scored 73 points in the first half, Christine. The offense was just on fire, mainly because Mike Muscala decided I'm not going to miss tonight. Nope. I'm just I'm just not going to do it, guys. I'm uh I thought about it, prayed about it, and I just decided I'm just going to go for four from the three-point line, 5 of 5 overall from the floor. No, SGA has a an okay performance, 12 points, 4 of 8 from the floor, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. But the story of today is going to be one Teo Maladon. He um, he went off. He he gave Thunder fans reasons to be hyperbolic on a Friday evening preseason game in December. So that alone should tell you that he had a pretty good game. I mean, let's see, six he's, of nine, which is nice from the floor. Fifteen points, two assists, and just looked kind of comfy out there. Yeah, he looked really comfortable, and I give him a lot of credit because I wasn't expecting that coming out of the gate fresh off of training camp like that he kind of looked the way I assumed that Shea Gildas Alexander was going to come out of the game you know very strong seemed in control but I I don't know if that's due to the fact that they don't want Shea Gildas Alexander to get tired or if they you know like he only played the first half by the way Shea, Shea yeah. Gildas, uh, so, SGA um, Hamadou Diallo Muscala George Hill they only played the first half yeah because it's, why because it's preseason right why and they don't need to I, I don't want to get too far ahead of you christine but it sounds like what you just said though was teo maladon is better than sga so <laughs> that's not what i mean so i, I, I guess sam Presti can maybe flip sga for two first round picks and, and a some, young asset yeah you know? probably so if he wants to i mean i i was just surprised that Teo looked as strong as he did. I, I even though I said that he was definitely a player to watch last episode, I still stand by that. Obviously, um, I'm just shocked at how quickly he kind of confirmed what I had assumed about him from the scouting report. So it was good to see him look as strong as he did. And obviously, Mike Muscala was, I think, just wanting Madison to come back in any way possible. And he's like, "How can I get Madison Morris to talk about the Thunder on Twitter? No I kidding. just need to." score a bunch of points i really wonder what madison was doing tonight did she feel compelled to like jump on the zoom call and just can i talk to mike muscala and just tell him that he did a one he just played wonderful i feel like she is um kind of sad probably sitting alone wondering what she should do she's sitting in a dark room somewhere no friends probably you know. no no dogs to comfort her no dogs to comfort her that are hers by no. law. No, let's let, let's uh, rewind this all the way back, Christine. We're doing everybody a disservice because they listen to this podcast, not just for the awesome Thunder content, but also because they just want our experiences watching these games. 
And <laughs> okay, now, yeah, let's get into obviously, it. this is going to be very, very odd this season just because we're clearly not going to be on the road. We're clearly not going to be in the locker rooms, even for home games. We're clearly not even going to be within three to 400 feet from anybody that works for the Thunder um, for obvious reasons. Now, fortunately, I will be in the arena for home games, but this game, as you all know, was not aired on TV. I don't even no. think it was aired on the radio. No, nope. I think I think historians are still chiseling it out on stone tablets as we speak about Teo Maladon's performance. But we had to, well, at least I tried, Christine. I was a bad host. You came over to the apartment to watch the game so that we could podcast, do all this stuff. And I thought I could pull it up on my fire stick. Mm-hmm. Pulled it up on the Web Thunder's website. Hit play on the TV, on the video thing. And then all of a sudden, like the screen just decides we're going to show you one sixteenth of it. Yeah. And well, for about ha- half the, the feet. Yeah. And possibly calves and the right camera angle. Yeah. I can I can tell you now what Shea Gillis Alexander's calf muscles look like. Oh, I can m- spot him from a mile away. By memory. Is it because one of them always has a sleeve and the other one doesn't? Yes. Possibly. That's, that's probably why. <laughs> no. For about half the first quarter, we were trying to just decide, how can we watch this game? So I pulled it up on my laptop. I was kind of waiting for the TV screen to just correct Working itself. It didn't happen that way, and so we had to airdrop it or airplay. I don't I don't know this technology stuff from my phone. And then we were able to watch the Thunder just scorch the ever-loving hell out of Greg Popovich's squad. Uh, the Spurs, this is going to be a very, very, very average, very average team. Not even, not just for the Spurs standards. This is going to be an average team. Yes, it's an average team. But look, the Thunder are supposed to be a bad team. So, Christine, please tell Thunder fans why that they're not silly to basically do what we kind of talked about a handful of times on the few podcasts before the season preseason started, where we all kind of agreed this team's not going to win a lot of games, but there's some talent on this roster to be excited for every night. And they're going to be competitive, and I think you saw a few reasons why that can be. Like they can get, they got some guys that can get hot. Yeah, yeah. My main takeaway from this night is this new Thunder crew is not afraid to shoot the ball. Whether they're three of eight, whether they're four of four, they are not afraid to continue to shoot, and that's going to allow them to get hot at certain periods of time. And if you really use that to your advantage, and you use that in times where you can build a substantial lead. And throughout the game, through um, numerous defensive possessions, keep that. Then you can end up winning games that people thought that you might not be able to succeed in winning in. So what you can be excited for is some stretches of shots that will accumulate <laughs> into them winning. So that's something to be excited for that you're not going to see them be afraid to shoot. You're not going to see them miss a lot of shots. I mean, you might, but they will get to a point where they'll be hot and they'll be able to either come back from a lead or build a lead. Also, it seems like from an early standpoint, their chemistry is pretty good considering the fact that they haven't been able to play a lot and they haven't been able to train a lot together. So that just leads them to have a lot of potential moving forward. If this is what they looked like with barely any practice at all, yeah. that leads me to believe that they have a lot of potential moving forward. Yeah, there was a lot of muscle memory in this game. I mean, Teo Maladon, uh, the big star from this game, I guess, even though the Thunder technically had two players uh, in this game perfect from the floor with five shots each. Mike Muscala, we already talked about. Frank Jackson, who I'm 
I'm kind of excited for just because I liked what I saw out of him in New Orleans, especially in the bubble when he got a, a little bit more opportunity. He's going to have nothing but opportunities with the Thunder. I just I like the way he plays. I, I don't know what his ultimate ceiling is, but he's just a player that I've kind of at the towards the end of the bench or like late in the rotation that I'm keeping an eye on. But he was five of five, two for two from the three point line, finished with twelve points. So there is that, but uh, there was a lot of muscle memory in this game because Teo just basically stepped off the boat few days ago, got to Oklahoma City, uh, has only practiced, I think, once with this team, had shoot-around today, I assume, and then went to the game. Now, the thing about Teo that is usually the case with a lot of European players, and especially players from France, you know, these players have been playing with adults for four or five years already, so they're damn near, they're, they're pretty much professionals anyway. They are professionals, not just in the fact that they get paid to play basketball over there, but they're very professional in how they conduct themselves on the floor. And I think you saw that tonight out of Teo where he was very in control. I mean, compare it to a guy like Hamadou Diallo, which in typical Hamadou Diallo fashion, and I, I love me some Hamadou Diallo, but he led all Thunder players in shot attempts. He had 12 attempts because Hamadou Diallo wants you to know that he's on the floor. But Teo Maladon, at the same time, while he is you know, probably the most exciting player from this game, it was very within himself. It, there was nothing erratic. There was nothing kind of gimmicky. There was nothing uh, just out of control. And that's the thing that you always hear about player uh, a player like Teo Maladon. So it's something that Thunder fans, if they weren't excited about it, they're definitely excited about it now. You know who didn't look as comfortable? Oleski Bogoshevsky. Oh, yeah. What a yikes from tonight. Well, speaking of muscle memory, I don't know if there's much memory to ha- be had in those muscles. I don't think there's any muscle to have memory in. Yeah, he, he looked incredibly uncomfortable. He looked he looked like he was trying to play his way like basically through it. He was trying to do everything. He was trying to dribble drive. He was trying to cross people up. He was trying to um, – he got – I think he had five or six rebounds. So, I mean, there is that. Um, he tried to take the ball up the floor, tried to go behind the back at one point when he got trapped at the boundary and it was out of bounds. Um, tried to do a scoop layup. His three-point shot is, man, mm-hmm. it's like he's mad at the rim because it's just a straight-line drive. Like, those first two three-pointers were just chucked straight, just straight to the rim, not up no arc. and away. No, no arc, arc whatsoever. But uh, to his credit, Pokusheski did finish. I think he hit his final two shots, one of them a three-pointer, so he ended up with five points. And I asked Mark Dagnold about uh, just what his impressions are of him after a week and a half, basically, because when we asked Mark Dagnold a week ago what his early impressions were, he just straight up said, I don't have any. <laughs> like, right, I, I, really, I really don't know that much about this guy. We're going to learn as we go along. And uh, Dagnold credited Pokusheski for, for a basically – doing the best that he could with the limited amount of time that he's had and admitted, yeah, there's going to be times where it's going to look good. There's going to be a lot of times where it looks bad, but with a player like Pokushevsky, the Thunder have ample time to have those bad times and hope that the good times kind of come towards the end of the season, maybe even next year. Yeah. Brady, make a good point. You know, there isn't a accelerated timeline on what Pokushevsky should look like within this season because they have nothing but time really since they're in this kind of rebuilding phase but I think earlier last week in the Thunder media availability I can't remember if it was Hamadou Diallo who said this I believe it was but he did mention that Poku's kind of 
ability and like the way he was picking up things you could tell that his level of play was slightly behind and a little bit slower than a lot of the other players that were in training camp at that time so it wasn't really shocking to me to see that he looked kind of uncomfortable unsure of himself and didn't really see didn't seem to be kind of on the same level of play as all the rest of the players did tonight but you have to admit like you know this is probably a huge leap for him obviously with oh, his yeah. body size like it's just not gonna come quick i mean he he looked like a he looked I, like a, I, I i mean this with Twitter. all with all res- all due respect i mean we know the thing about him is he needs to put muscle on so, yeah but in comparison to other players that are a little bit physically ma- more mature along in their development than he is and again he's the youngest player in the nba yeah the, the thunder sam presti mark dagnall say this every time that he gets they we ask him about him He's the youngest guy in the NBA. He's 18 years old. He, he's a college-age kid. So, yes, he's going to get bigger. But in comparison to other players, he looked like a child. Yeah. it's not. It's, he looked like a tall child. It's <laughs> not just the fact that he needs to put on muscle. He doesn't even really seem to know where exactly to put his limbs. <laughs> like, it's not even like half, half the reason is he needs to build muscle. The other half the reason is you need to figure out where your body needs to be positioned in order to become the most successful. Like a newborn deer out there. <laughs> That's what I said, yeah. On Twitter, he looks like a newborn deer just trying to stand up for the first time. You're like, oh, where does this leg go when I'm trying to make a layup? Like, Come on, we yeah. got we to gotta figure this out. Yeah, uh, again, there's, n- there's no need to fully praise him or fully criticize him because y- y- we no, should all know promise. this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. This is what it's going to look like a lot, but... I think with his versatility, what he is able to do, which is a lot, he is able to do a lot of things. Can he do it against NBA-level competition is what's going to be the hard part. But against air, he can do pretty much everything you want a big in 2020-21 NBA to do. He can dribble, he can rebound, he can shoot, he can do all those things, pass. It's just going to come from getting his ass kicked basically every single night, getting his ass kicked in practice, and it's going to make him better. So a player like Pokushevsky, you need to, and, and I assume Thunder fans do this. They're smart. I don't think fans are going to look at Teo Maladon and say, how come Pokushevsky's not like that? Well, no. No, no. They're, they're two completely different players with two completely different backgrounds, and they've led them to basically look like what they did tonight. So, Yeah, there's no reason your... to put one player above another at yes. this point. You know, like Mark Dagnall said, we're only one game in. There was no reason to put anyone above anybody else at this point. You know, it could be a completely different narrative in their next game. We don't really know. But what we can tell from right now is not afraid to shoot. They seem to be working well together on offense. Their defense was – I want to say it's questionable. What do you What do you think, Brady? I mean, the defense is – it's just going to be a byproduct of what they have out there. Um, again – the Thunder were incredibly shorthanded tonight. We didn't even mention that. No Darius Baisley, no Lou Dort, no Al Horford, who appeared in training camp the same time Teo Maladon did. So uh, no really word as to what that was. Darius Miller as well, a few other players. You know, it was – we don't know if it's COVID-related. I, th- I saw Lou Dort on the bench in the back, so I'm assuming that that's just more of a, you know, maybe a bum ankle or some type of bruise or something with him. Uh, I didn't see Darius Baisley, so I'm assuming because he didn't travel, uh, that might be a positive COVID test or a contact trace. I mean, I don't know, but I'm just assuming because I just didn't see him. Now, he might have been there. I just didn't see him. But uh, the Thunder were incredibly shorthanded. What does their defense look like at full strength? I think you can 
you can talk yourself into, yeah, they could give some teams some fits because SGA is a capable off-ball defender. George Hill's kind of a pest. He's a good defender. Al Horford at times can be a good defender depending on what he's asked to do offensively on the other end of the floor. And then you've got a bunch of guys like Hamadou Diallo who can turn it on or he can be you know, foul-happy. Mike Muscala, who's not really a defender at all. Um, Pokushevsky is going to get pushed around all over the place. Um, we don't know what Teo Maladon really is defensively. I didn't. There wasn't that much to really look at tonight, so it's just going to be a byproduct of what they have out there, which I'm going to assume will balance out to be eh, average. Eh. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it anything. I don't see it being anything super special. I don't either. Seeing it being something that is tragic. I think, like you said, it's going to be slightly average. You're probably going to see glimpses of. Um, potential glimpses of strength, but you're also going to see glimpses of complacentness. So, it, but that just comes with basketball. You know, like you're not going to be great every single play. You're not going to turn the ball well, over every well, single. Why play. not? Because why not? It's just uh, it's hard, and you're dealing with drama queens. That's my answer. Oh wow, wow! Kansas Jayhawk fan over here. Yes, they're they're usually great pretty much every single play. But you know what? Oh, he's going to get killed. Brady, this is a basketball podcast. I know. I know. Stop watching football. Shame on me. I'm I'm trying to see if there was anything else of note. Uh, TJ Leaf played. uh, He's big. Admiral Schofield played. He got knocked on his his rump at one point. Uh, He's really big. He he (laughs) attempted a three. He he attempted a three. Did not look pretty. No. Uh, Coming over from the Wizards, he has the – he has kind of the tagline of a – He's not necessarily a big because he's a he's an undersized big. He's he's big. He's a big human being. He's broad, um, but he stretches the floor in terms of he attempts a handful of threes. He just doesn't shoot very, a very high percentage. But who knows what he can do with the added opportunity with Oklahoma City? But other than that, I think the only other observation that I have that we didn't really talk about, Christine, would just be uh, George Hill, steadying force. You know what he brings to the table as a vet. Um, he can bring you some some quick offense here and there. He can just bring you strong uh, shoulders. Strong shoulders. You yeah. You uh, mentioned his shoulders when he was shooting free throws. They're very round. They're very pronounced. Yeah. It's uh they're they're there to stay. Like, do you have a problem with that? I don't have a problem with that. I'm just like, bro, you're, you're your a personal trainer. Like, I am. Thank you so much. Um, I just I would love for him to spend a little bit more time on his buys and tries. Wow. Because his um his shoulders are clearly there for days. So do so. some weighted dips, George Hill. Do some weighted dips. Do some body weight dips. Do some I mean, static bicep curl. I I have so many. It's either that or he can look like Florida's kicker, which is not very physically imposing whatsoever. Well, that's that's the opposite of what we want. Yeah, I'm so. sure. I'm sure he's got dynamite hamstrings. Possibly. No, no um, I kind of like. Early on, what I saw, like in the middle of the first quarter into the second quarter where SGA was playing off the ball, mm-hmm. and then George Hill was running the point, and the problem with that is, Christine, is, well, that's not what the Thunder want to do ultimately with SGA, but there are going to be times where SGA is off the ball, and I guess that just kind of comes down to, I like SGA as a player. I think he's really good. At this point in his career, he's vastly better off the ball. I was about to ask, so, yeah. because I do believe that he is more successful when he's off the ball, because I don't know if that's a... If that's a pressure thing if that's a confidence thing either way I feel like he's a lot more effective when he's off the ball he feels like he can make plays he doesn't have the 
all the pressure of being the ball handler upon him and he's able to make other decisions and then create open shots for himself and for his other teammates. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing the thing with SGA that he's going to have to learn is he's going to have to learn savvy ways in which he can get a def- like create separation do you, because the, do you mean the slow hesitation is just not going to work out? Yeah, whenever he gets into the hesitation move, it just never works because it is entirely too slow. And this is spoken by somebody who uh, can barely dribble. So I mean, what the hell do I know? But just just an observation. Every time he tries to pull that hezzy, it just doesn't work. It seems like he like it turns thinks about a, it three or four yeah. times before he does it. He's like, should I? Should I? Now the good, not? should I do it? I think I'm going to do it. Okay, I'm going to do it now. Now the good thing is, like, obviously, if you want to project SGA with a lot of reps on ball, and he's kind of got a slow, methodical uh, way in which he attacks to the rim because he's not the the most blazing fast athlete on the floor at any given time. You can look to someone like James Harden. He's not blazing quick, and he's obviously very methodical and slow with the ball. And at times. It helps players kind of like the risk or the risk reward of like, God, the ball's right there. They reach and then foul. So usually with like SGA, it either ends up as a turnover when he pulls that or a foul. So it ends up kind of good or bad, I guess. It's like a 50-50. Yeah, so these are just little minute things that we're going to be talking about over and over and over again because this is a young team that's going to be asked to uh, pull some new responsibilities, pull some new duties because – you know the old guys are gone, and you're the you're the boss now, SGA. Not used to that. It's like we spent a whole year trying to get you ready to be this, and uh, still not super ready. So I guess we'll try to figure that out. Christine, Billy Donovan next time. Bulls I know. Are coming down. I know. I w- I've been thinking about that for some reason. I um, misread the preseason schedule and i thought that their first game out the gate was going to be against the bulls and i thought that was so strange and then i was and i realized oh no it's a it's against the spurs so they don't have to go straight up against billy donovan what do you what do you see going into this game though well i mean billy donovan cussed for the first time ever oh in, in a press availability after their 125 104 loss to uh, oh who did they play the kings I can't remember who they played. But they, pl- they played the Rockets. They played the Rockets. Yeah, Billy Billy said, like, we just got our asses kicked tonight. And I was like, whoa, Billy just cussed. He's, whoa. He's been in Chicago five minutes, and he's already pissed off. That's crazy. Is that the true Billy Donovan, or is that the Billy Donovan without Sam Presti? I was going to say, that is, the, that is the Billy Donovan who doesn't have Sam Presti being like, yo, what's up? Yeah, no, nobody's going to be cussing my, on my team now. Can't be doing that. You're not Russell Westbrook. Christine, wonderful first game post game podcast. I know you filled in before last season like two or three times. I can't remember how many times, but this is your first, and you've been on the preseason pods, uh, pre preseason pods, I should say. Pre-pre-pre. But this is your first official co hosting gig on OKC eighty two after the Thunder played a game. What an exciting time to be alive. I know. It's only going downhill from here. Ah, no, Brady. It's only going up with you. Oh, maybe, maybe. Everybody, thank you much, much for listening to OKC82. Always subscribe, listen, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. But until next time when the Thunder play the Bulls, or, you know, who knows, maybe something big will happen in the next few days and we'll be forced to podcast. But until that time, everybody, thank you so much. Be safe, and y'all have a good day.